Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Preciado. The Los Angeles Lakers officially have their conference semifinal opponent. It is the Houston Rockets, starring James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Daniel, I'm going to tell you something crazy. We're going to go back to 2009, the first of two championships in the later stages of Kobe Bryant's career. First round, those Lakers defeated the Utah Jazz four games to one. What did the Lakers uh, defeat the Portland Trailblazers in round one, Daniel? Four to one. Four to one. Second round, they defeated the Houston Rockets four games to three. Obviously, they're playing the Houston Rockets in round two this year. Hopefully, it doesn't go seven games. Conference finals, they defeated Denver. Does Denver upset the Clippers? I don't know. We'll see. And then in the finals, they defeated Orlando in Orlando to become champions. Just saying, the writing's on the wall. 4-1 first round, Houston Rockets second round in Orlando. Lakers champions confirmed. Wow. That's a crazy, crazy throwback right there. I remember that Rockets series pretty vividly, too. I remember Yao. I remember Tracy McGrady was on the team, I believe. I think so, yeah. Yeah, they had a they had a solid team. Yeah, so I just wanted to uh, throw that out there. So, you know, Lakers are winning, and uh, everyone can thank us for finding that first. By thanking us, you know, they could uh, subscribe to us, Apple Podcasts, wherever they get their podcast. Uh, Danny, what else can they do? Oh, you got to leave us a five-star review. Yes. <laughs> you seemed a little unprepared, but... <laughs> um. Back to business, though. The Lakers and Rockets squaring off round two uh, before the playoffs, before the bubble, really. Uh, all season, honestly, this was kind of like the round two matchup that nobody wanted. In terms of nobody, I mean the Lakers or the Clippers. It was kind of like, where are the Rockets going to land? Are they going to be in the Lakers side of the bracket, the Clippers side of the bracket? Ended up being in the Lakers side. Almost didn't get through round one. Um, but now the Lakers have, you know, what's considered the worst round two challenge in the Houston Rockets. Uh, would you agree with that sentiment, Daniel? Do you think the Lakers have a bigger challenge than the Los Angeles Clippers? Yeah, absolutely. I think the Rockets are miles better than the Nuggets. I think it's just roster construction, too. At yeah. the same time, the, I think the Lakers are going to have uh, their hands full with the Houston Rockets in this series. Really see the Lakers end up taking it. I'm not going to say how many games. We'll talk about that later. But, uh, yeah, the Rockets are definitely going to push the Lakers to the limit, I believe. Yeah, and the thing about the Rockets is they're just such a weird team. You know what I mean? Obviously, they, they've gone all in on going small. They traded Clint Capella, got uh, Robert Covington in return. Um, Harden, you know, love him or hate him. Love his play style, hate his play style. Like, he is one of the best players in the league. You know, he can – he's dangerous. You know, he can have a 50-point night any night. Uh, Westbrook, you know, he's electric. Say what you will about him in the playoffs. But, again, that's someone that, you know, can kind of give that team energy, kind of take over a game for a certain stretch and swing a game and absolutely is possible. And they're just one of those weird teams, man. They're hard to match up against. They're hard to, uh, you know, kind of scheme for. I think in a seven-game series, you know, it's a lot easier than if you're just catching them on a random Wednesday night in February. Um, but we've seen the Rockets beat the Lakers before. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting series for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so what what did you take away from the Rockets? You know, they went seven games with the Thunder. I thought that series was going to be a Houston sweep, a gentleman sweep. You actually had the Thunder before the series happened. Um, you know, what did you kind of see in that series to kind of preview for round two? You know, what are the Rockets bringing to the table in this matchup? I mean, we know about the three ball that the Rockets have. I mean, they shoot the lights out. Um, really not great percentage-wise compared to the rest of the league. 
But that's because, you know, they're, they're really taking threes like nobody's business, shooting 35, 40 footers like with ease. Yeah. Um, Lakers just got to be able to stop the three ball. That's really it. They don't really have that inside game as we know. I mean, the tallest player on the on the floor in their starting lineup is six seven in Robert Covington. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the center is six five. It's uh, PJ Tucker. It's, I mean, they run a really unconventional lineup, very different than the Lakers. The Lakers run a, I mean, the Lakers are unconventional with their lineup in a way too, running LeBron James at point guard. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, they're not they're not as small. They're more on the larger side. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. It's really going to come down to defending the three ball, uh, you know, absolutely uh, establishing that inside game as the series goes on because you know that they really don't have an answer for it. Yeah, and the Lakers, you know, you mentioned they're kind of built a little bit differently too. Uh, just by 2020 standards, you know, I don't know how many teams in the league, if they had both LeBron James and Anthony Davis, would still run a traditional center in JaVel McGee or Dwight Howard, you know, out there with them. Um, they're a bigger team. They're one of the biggest teams in the league. Like you said, the, the Rockets tallest or yeah, tallest guy six, seven. I think the shortest guy in the Lakers lineup is KCP at six, five. So, which is just crazy. Um, yep. it's going to be interesting, man. I've seen, you know, some people on Twitter and whatnot talking about how the Rockets can kind of expose the Lakers height, you know, cause they've kind of done it before with like Rudy Gobert kind of pulling Gobert out of the paint and mismatching them, you know, on the perimeter and whatnot. That doesn't really apply to AD, I don't think. AD is one of the best, you know, three defenders in the league, and he could guard someone on the perimeter. Um, he's athletic enough, so I don't know. I'm not too worried about the mismatch. I think on paper, you know, Houston is going to try to do that. They're going to try to draw the Lakers away from the basket, kind of take away their big advantage. But at the end of the day, the Lakers can still go to the hoop, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, and I just don't see, you know, James Harden is playing better defense, but he's not going to play great defense on LeBron and I don't see who's stopping AD. I said this last series with Portland, but it's almost the same thing. Like who is guarding Anthony Davis? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The Rockets, I think they're used to going into the building and exploiting those conventional centers like a Steven Adams or yeah. a Rudy Gobert. They're really not used to seeing, I mean, there really isn't a big man with the defensive versatility that Anthony Davis brings to the table. I think that they're going to be, you know, really, really scared to go inside especially if the Lakers are running like a Dwight Howard and AD tandem down low, mm -hmm. you're going to be forcing them to shoot the three ball. Yeah, uh, I think LeBron James has to step up defensively. I think the guards got to keep doing their thing. Um, but yeah, it really comes down to establishing that inside game. Like I said, they don't really have an answer for it inside. PJ Tucker is a great defender. Robert Covington is an elite defender. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's the size advantage and LeBron James is obviously more athletic than those two. AD's, you know, more skilled than those two. Uh, mm -hmm. The Lakers are going to exploit their defense a little bit. It's just all keeping down the offense. Yeah, and I do worry, uh, not worry, I do wonder if Frank Vogel is going to use the centers less. You know what I mean? Because, like we mentioned, they can't really exploit AD in the same way that they could a Steven Adams or Rudy Gobert. Uh, Dwight and JaVale have been great. JaVale not so much in the bubble, but, you know, they've been great at what they're asked to do all season. I do worry a little bit about them you know, exposing them, bringing them out to the perimeter. So I do think we see, you know, I think we'll see a lot of AD at the five. I know he doesn't like playing the five. I know he's made that, you know, clear in the past, but I think the winning formula for this team is, you know, more AD at the five and kind of, you know, using their size, getting someone like Kuzma off the bench, you know, and ex using that playmaking. So I don't know. We'll see what they do with the center position. Do you see less uh, Howard and McGee in the series? 
Yeah, probably. Um, I think that they still need to play important roles just because you're able to get that shot blocking presence. Yeah. But AD also brings that to the table too. It's just when you bring them out on the perimeter, not really going to have them on the as an inside presence. There really isn't anybody outside of him if you're running a small ball four. It's true. Um, I mean, if you're having Kuzma on the floor playing the four, it's kind of an issue. It yeah. really is because he's not he's not the greatest defender in the world. He's not strong enough to keep up with the fours, and he's not quick enough to you know, keep pace with the threes. We've been talking about that before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think down the stretch that death, that's quote unquote death lineup that the Lakers will probably uh, deploy is AD, LeBron, Kuzma, Caruso, Danny Green. Yeah. That sounds about right. And defensively that's, I mean, that's going to get it done. You got three absolutely great defenders on the floor, LeBron doing his part. Uh, and then Kuzma, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Kuzma. Well, uh, you mentioned Kuzma. I guess that's a good transition into our purple and gold players of the series. Uh, if you have not heard this before, the purple and gold players, purple is someone on the Houston Rockets, a role player, not one of the two superstars. A role player that the Lakers need to play poorly, need to contain for the Lakers to be successful. The idea is bruise them up, make them a little purple. Uh, it's We're workshopping it still. And then the gold players is a, a Lakers role player who needs to thrive. You know, gold is good, so... You mentioned Kyle Kuzma. I'm just going to say it. Kyle Kuzma is my gold player for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I know who your gold player is already. I'm not going to mention him, but, you know, you're a little stan of him. But you mentioned Kuzma, you know. <laughs> you, mentioned, you mentioned Kuzma not being strong enough to, you know, guard some of the fours and fives, not being quick enough to guard the threes. He did do better defensively in round one against Portland. I think that was important in the series, you know. Uh, Laker Film Room actually posted a video you know, he's actually working with the Lakers now, which is awesome to see. Um, mm-hmm. Just highlighting Kuzma's defense and how his, his footwork has improved and how he was able to improve defensively on the ball in that series. Um, and I think that's important. You know, I think the Lakers need more of that in this series. And if they get that, they're going to be great. You know, we don't need the playmaking Kuzma that takes nine threes a game and makes three of them. We're probably going to get that. But that's not really what the Lakers need out of him. They need solid defense because, like I said, I think, we're going to see less centers and I think we're going to see Kuzma more on the court and he's going to have to play better defense. You know, it's a scary yeah. mismatch thinking of James Harden on Kyle Kuzma or Russell Westbrook on Kyle Kuzma and just barreling towards the rim. But the fact of the matter is we need Kuzma to play average to above average defense. And, you know, he did better last series. So hopefully he could build on that, continue to get better, you know, and just not be a liability. If that's the case, I, I hate this matchup even more for the Houston Rockets because then you do get 80 at the five, that keeps them from, you know, exposing the, the center position, and it just becomes a nightmare for the Rockets. So he's kind of the gold player because if he thrives, you know, it's taking away the Rockets' biggest mismatch. So that's why he's my gold player. Yeah. Since we already talked about it, I guess, um, my gold player is Alex Crusoe, of course. As the <laughs> listeners know, I'm in love with Alex Crusoe. <laughs> um, yeah. So last series, very, very big uh, defense right there on uh, Damian Lillard and, you know, constant switches on CJ McCollum. The tandem in the backcourt is very, very similar Oh yeah. to what we're going to see with the Rockets. Yeah. Um, it's just all guard play, all three-point shooting, pulling up from 40 feet. Like, you're going to see a lot of that from Harden. Maybe not as much Westbrook uh, pulling up from deep, but that's what James Harden does. Him and Lillard, I mean, their game is getting foul calls and shooting deep the deep ball. Yep, absolutely. Um, so we just need to see Caruso kind of step up. I would really, if I had to guess, I would expect Caruso to be guarding James Harden when he's on the floor. Yeah, I um, would agree. We'll see if that happens. Because Danny Green's out there, and Danny Green's longer. 
But I feel like Caruso is more athletic than Danny Green. He's just not as long. Yeah. Um, I think he can keep pace with James Harden, personally. I don't think he can keep pace with Russell Westbrook. I mean, who can? That dude's first step is insane. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what Vogel does. Um, really do think that Caruso is the X factor once again in the series just because the roster construction is – a little bit more similar in the backcourt. Oh, yeah. It's almost like, you know, we were worried about Portland being the first-round matchup, but it's almost a blessing in disguise. You know, now that that series is behind us, we could kind of look at it in a positive way. The Trailblazers are almost, you know, they are different. The Trailblazers do have some size down low, and the guard play is a little bit different just in their makeup, but it is like a good appetizer for the Houston Rockets, a good preparation series, you know, a good series to kind of try things out, see who's working well, you know, and head into round two with that. And Caruso was the reason why they contained, you know, the Portland Trailblazers. He was the main reason. So if he continues his round one play, man, he's going to look great again. We're going to see some memes of like him blocking James Harden. You, James Harden and Alex Caruso are probably the two most memed players in the league. Um, yeah. So that's going to be great. And you're going to become an even bigger fan. And it's going to turn from the Lake Show Life podcast into the Alex Caruso, the Caruso podcast. Um, the Caruso. Which I don't actually hate. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, who's your purple player for the Houston Rockets, Daniel? It's going to be Robert Covington. Okay. And the reason being, he is the best two-way player on the Rockets. He's one of the best two-way players in the league, I would go as far as saying that. Yeah, that's fair. He's he's probably a top three wing defender. I, I would say that the argument was there that he was the best uh, wing defender in the NBA a couple years ago. I don't know if he is anymore. But him on LeBron James is probably what's going to happen, if I had to guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is the longest and tallest player, but he's more fit to guard Covington or uh, to guard LeBron James than he is Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. I really see that happening. So it all comes down to Robert Covington being maybe a little bit more lax on defense and, and LBJ being able to exploit that. Um, but yeah, I see him as the X factor for the Rockets in the series. If he doesn't play as well as he has been. He's been shooting lights out. I think you said 50% from three in yeah. the series against the Thunder, right? Yeah, on like six I mean, attempts per game. So Yeah, which is absolutely ridiculous. If the Lakers can, you know, make him work for his points, you know, you're, at the end of the day, you're going to take Robert Covington getting his 10 to 15 if it means that you are stopping to a degree Russell yeah. Westbrook and James Harden. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, uh... You know, it's kind of – so what you're telling me, you know, you think Covington's going to guard LeBron. I th That just points to AD having a huge series. You know, I know we're talking about role players, but you have Covington on LeBron. LeBron's going to take more of the facilitating route, you know. Obviously, we always talk about the pick and roll. At this point with the Lakers pick and roll between him and AD, I feel like it's almost a thing of legend. Like, it happens, but not as much as Laker fans, you know, myself included, like, talk about it happening. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, for sure. But, you know, if he's on LeBron, you know, again, I don't see – who they put on Anthony Davis. They're probably going to put P.J. Tucker, which is my purple player. And I'm going to be honest, he's my purple player because you took Robert Covington from me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's pretty much, you know, him and Covington are consisting of their front court, which is kind of funny because P.J. Tucker, I believe, is 6'5", and he's essentially the power forward slash center. Um, you know, he's just an off-ball shooter, and he's – I could see maybe Kuzma on him when Kuzma's on the floor. Uh, and it's just kind of guarding the corner three and keeping the slashing kicks down. And, you know, I think it is far more important to limit Robert Covington, you know, but you took him, so whatever. Um, 
But again, it's it's these role players, these catch and shoot guys. You know, you slow them down, and that's just going to make the series so much harder for the Rockets, especially when you have the crew show guarding James Harden and Russell Westbrook doing what he does in the playoffs and building a brick house. So it's just it's stopping these you know supplementary shooters and PJ Tucker's the next guy. I would say Eric Gordon, but I don't know. Eh, Eric Gordon. Eh. <laughs> eh, eh. Yeah, I would say PJ Tucker's a better. Uh better pick there just because like we talked about with anthony davis like if covington's guarding lebron tucker's gonna be guarding ad it's not like they're gonna have one of the three guards out there guarding yeah. AD. Which, like that is a mismatch and a half that's insane like how yeah. i don't understand how like rocket fans obviously i don't think um i don't actually know rocket twitter i've never been have you ever been deep into rockets twitter no and i don't want to be either I don't know how they feel about this team, but if I am a Rockets fan, I how do you not how do you think about that and like not just like you know have nightmares? PJ Tucker yeah. being the primary defender on Anthony Davis, like that yeah. Anthony Davis is what six inches on him and he's just stronger and he's more skilled and he's just gonna post him up and it's gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna yeah, it's not gonna look what good for th- the Rockets. What do you think the odds are that they start Tyson Chandler? Oh, I, I, I don't think they do that because I don't I, think so either. I mean, maybe but, that becomes like a mid to late series um, adjustment that they make. I could absolutely see mm-hmm. that happening where he starts later in the series. But to start the series, it's almost like they're this far deep into this game plan, this style. Um, that's kind of been Daryl Morey's last kind of try, I guess, with the Rockets. I do think Daryl Morey, you know, I, I love him as an executive. I think he's awesome. I do think his days with the Rockets might be ending soon. Um, Interesting, but this is kind of like their last stand, and I don't—I just don't see, you know, Mike D'Antoni rolling out Tyson Chandler in Game One or Game Two when he's getting eight minutes a game this season. So, yeah, I don't yeah, know, man. I agree with that. I think you know they've come this far with their style of play; might as well continue it. Yeah, um, I can see Jeff Green getting more minutes than normal too because he's—I mean, he's six eight. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about small forward, power forward sized guys trying to guard anthony davis yeah but they're like small ball threes and fours it's ridiculous yeah so jeff green's probably a good choice also to be guarding ad um just because like you said he is bigger and he has kind of played a little bit of a bigger role in the playoffs here again that still terrifies me if i'm a houston rockets fan uh jeff green guarding anthony davis but i don't know man it's interesting this team is so interesting and i think their logic here is they're almost you know if i'm mike d'antoni i'm daryl morey i'm looking at this terrible mismatch and it's almost like look we don't really have anyone that can stop ad we have robert covington but then you open up you know the floor for lebron we don't really have anyone to stop him why are we going to put the less talented tyson chandler out there who will be a better option but at his age probably still isn't a fantastic option um who cares let ad score 40 points and let's just try to outscore him i think that's kind of the houston rockets mo at this point you know yeah they're trying to win chandler is the only conventional center that they roster. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody's a three or a two on the entire team pretty much. Yeah, so maybe actually, you know what, I'm going to switch this. I know I already said it was P.J. Tucker. I'm switching to Jeff Green. Uh, Jeff Green's coming off the bench playing 30 minutes a game in round one. Uh, he's shooting 46% from deep. I do think they probably employ him defensively over AD more than uh, P.J. Tucker just because of the size difference. And for that reason, he's going to be my purple player just for his 
attempt at defense on Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fun to watch. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Anthony Davis averages like 36 and 13 in the in this series. It really would not surprise me. So what you're telling me is I should do another $5 uh, like seven-leg no. M- NBA parlay no. with Anthony Davis <laughs> scoring 40 no. points, 10 rebounds, and five blocks at plus 2,000 odds. <laughs> yeah, hey, go for it. Go for it. See what happens. The Houston Rockets, as we're you know talking about my betting life real quick, um, they remind me of my betting life because they are just a three-ball team. They just keep putting up shots, whether they're good or not, and hope just a lot of them land. Um, they don't really think about them too much. They kind of just use their gut when they're taking their shot choice. Uh, some would say I do the same. Um, <laughs> and so I, I relate to the Houston Rockets. And then you got a team like the Lakers, very well coached. They think about things a lot. Um, you know, someone someone would say someone like you, but neither here nor there. <laughs> Speaking of betting, though, Daniel, uh, the betting line for this game, it opened at six and a half. Uh, it's moved to Lakers minus seven. Um, and the over under is two twenty six. So we're keeping a running record of our of our betting. I am five and five. Just saying, you know, using the gut. Five and five. You are four and six. Um, first, I want to get your. I'm using the gut too. What was that? I'm using the gut too. Your gut is more qualified than my gut. Okay. <laughs> um, you got like a competitive eater gut. <laughs> that sounded like I just called you fat. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. Okay, Lakers, they're minus six and a half. First, let's get your pick on the spread. Do you got Lakers minus six and a half, or do you got Houston plus six and a half? I mean, I like, kind of like the line movement, but I'm going to take the Rockets plus seven. Uh, it's six and a half, sir. Oh, no, yeah, seven. You're right. Sorry. I'm yeah, stupid. Open at six and a half. I'm yep. stupid. <laughs> so Houston plus seven. Yes, that'll be my pick. All right, Daniel, I'm going to go. So I'll give you my, my spread, and then I'll do the over-under first as well so i'm gonna take lakers minus seven and the reason i take lakers minus seven is because i also have the under i think seeing how the lakers played the portland trailblazers i think we're gonna see really good perimeter defense i think you know yeah the rockets are a night uh, matchup nightmare but i think they're probably going to be a little bit unprepared for what the lakers are going to throw at them um they weren't necessarily scoring very well in round one anyways with as good as they were shooting well not as good but as good as some of their guys were shooting, I believe the most they scored, I think they scored, what, 104 in Game 7, correct? Uh, yes. They scored 114 in Game 5 and Game 4. But those, you know... And 123 in Game 1. Well, okay, so Game 5, or Game 3, they scored 104. They scored 100. Game 3, Game 6. Game 7, they scored 104. Game 5, they scored 114. So, yeah, they scored a little high there. Uh, they scored one... Are you talking about the Lakers or the Rockets? Rockets. Okay, got it. Got they it. scored 114 in game, what was that, game four? They're not scoring too much. Okay, wow. 111. One of them was like yeah. an uh, overtime game. Which one was the overtime game? Is that the one they lost? They scored 107. Yeah, they got blown out in overtime, 15 to 3. Okay, so I think the Lakers are going to throw a little bit of a better defensive, you know, outlook at the Rockets. They're going to struggle to shoot the three ball. Um, and Anthony Davis is just going to dominate in the post. I'm going to take a little football logic here. They're going to be throwing it to AD in the post. He's going to be draining the clock. He's going to just be posting up for like 12 seconds. <laughs> just doesn't make a lot yeah. of sense. So I have it a, could happen. I have Lakers Definitely. minus seven under 226. I'll give my final score prediction as well. I will say Lakers 110, Houston 100. My final okay. score prediction for game one. Okay. So I'm taking the over. Okay. 
I will take the over. And the reason why is because I think it's going to be an offensive battle. Okay. I think that these two teams are pretty, you know, they're decent defensively. The Lakers are elite. The Rockets are a step behind them. Um, but the offenses, just the way it's so mismatched, you know, you're running a small ball team against a large team. Yeah. I think that it push when push comes to shove, the Rockets are going to get that three ball falling and the Lakers are going to get that inside game going. And I think we're going to have a really high scoring game. Okay. I don't think it's going to be much further over 226, but my final score prediction is going to be 120 to 116. Okay. 120-116 Lakers, I'm assuming, right? Yes. I will take the Lakers. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Um, what I hope doesn't happen, and we probably should have talked about this a little bit earlier, is I hope the Lakers, even though they shot better from three in games, you know, two, three, four, five, I hope they're not trying to just keep up with the Rockets and shoot, kind of like they did in game one against Portland, where they just kept shooting absurd things. LeBron James shooting 45-footers and missing. Um, I just hope that doesn't happen i don't think it will yeah but i hope it doesn't because if if that does yeah. happen yeah the lakers can shoot well but they're not equipped to keep up with the rockets you know what i mean in a three-point contest so yeah they got to play their game that's something we talked about after game one against the blazers is they cannot cannot fall in love with the three ball because you know what it doesn't love them back it's yeah. just it's <laughs> not their shot someone especially in this series it's heightened there's yeah. no white slide down low. There's no Nurkic down low. Yeah. You got EJ Tucker manning the middle. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. It, I think the writing's on the wall. It, it's obvious. It's obvious what they have to do to the series. But, you know, some would say Lakers might be a simp for the three ball, Daniel. <laughs> they oh, love it, but brother. it doesn't love them back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how many games do you have this series going, though, Daniel? So we both got Lakers winning game one. I would assume that we both have the Lakers winning the series. Um, I do. How many games do you think it goes? So that's a good question. Um, so last night when the Rockets officially beat the Thunder, yeah, I tweeted on Twitter, Lakers in six. Okay. But, you know, I thought about it a little bit more, realized the mismatches, you know, prepped for this podcast. I'm gonna go with Lakers in five, just like they did to Another the Blazers. Another gentleman go sweep. Okay. Yep. Now, just to give yourself bonus points, if it does happen, which game do the Rockets take? Game three. That's like the perfect. It's gonna be pick. one of those two-one-two type of. Uh, yeah. Type of you know gentleman sweeps. So you got them in five. Last series, I had Portland losing in six. Do I have the Rockets losing in six in this series? What do you think? Do you think I'm going six? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I sure do. The Lakers, Daniel, are going to sweep the Houston Rockets. Wow. Get the brooms out. I'm not worried. Look, from what I saw in round one, very high on the Rockets beating the Thunder. Barely got past them. And I'm going to be honest, that's my small brain overlooking the Thunder. I overlooked them to start the year like everyone else. My brain never transitioned. I continue to overlook them. Um, <laughs> um, look, man, I mean, Houston can obviously have a big – Big night from three and, you know, steal a game. They absolutely are capable of doing that. And they are a really hard matchup. And like I said, in the middle of February on a Wednesday night, you know, they're a hard, you know, it's a hard opponent to come up against. At the end of the day, though, the Lakers have LeBron James. They have Anthony Davis. James Harden is a solid player. But Alex Crusoe, even a better player. Um, He's better than James Harden. You heard it here first on the Lake Show Live podcast. And Russell Westbrook, man, 
I mean, Paul George gets a lot of crap for being playoff P and not playing well. I don't remember Russell Westbrook like ever being good in the playoffs. Like ever. Yeah. I know he has like yeah. the triple doubles and everything and I I just don't He's not like genuinely good, especially he's not a good defender at all. He's pretty terrible, honestly. I, I just and you know, it's I don't see what he does. He's averaged 14 points. Granted, he only played three games. He was hurt. He averaged 14 points in round one, uh, four assists, six rebounds, shot uh, 16% from beyond the arc in two attempts a game. Excuse me. He shot 41% from the floor, which isn't terrible, but we've seen series where he's shooting under 40%. He's done that the last three years prior to this year. Um, his teams always disappoint in the playoffs. And I hate being one of those like Russell Westbrook truthers because I think he is electric and he's awesome for the game of basketball. And, you know, he's just, he seems like a great guy, but I just, his play style is not good for a playoff series, especially coming up against an experienced team led by LeBron James. And I just, I don't see the Rockets. I see this, you know, I see the Lakers looking back at the Portland series, seeing what they did in game one, realizing that there is a reason why they lost game one and why they won four games in a row, two of them via blowout. Um, I don't like Houston's chances of having like one insane three-point shooting night. I think the Lakers' perimeter defense will step up. And I got the Lakers in four, Daniel. I'm taking a bold stance. Wow. Yeah, I respect it. I respect it. I think that there's a good chance. I think I think at the end of the day, there's a greater chance that the Lakers sweep the Rockets than they would have swept the Blazers. I think we always knew that the Blazers would take at least one. We just yeah. didn't expect it to be game one. Um yeah, I, I'm totally on board with that. And I said before the series was you know, determined, this could be a series where I could be absolutely wrong and Houston could come out and shoot lights out and steal two games from the Lakers. You know, It could go to six. Um, worst case scenario, it could even go seven. I don't think that happens. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's what's going to happen, especially after seeing them in round one. Um, and it, these games, even if they are close, I, I don't see who stops the Lakers. Like in crunch time, the Lakers need a basket. The Thunder or the Rockets are not going to be able to stop them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at yeah. least with Portland, at least with Portland, they had Hassan Whiteside, you know, kind of guarding the rim, kind of be a rim protector. And we saw that in game one. He had some huge blocks that shifted the entire game. Um, yep. I don't see, you know, a crunch time situation where the Lakers don't make a basket unless they, you know, just like open, miss an open shot, which of course is always possible. But I don't know, man. Lakers in four. It's bold, but I'm taking a bold stance. Respect it. So you know who I'm going to pick in every single game for our uh, our betting. <laughs> <laughs> Go Lakers, man. Um, staggering statistics, though, Daniel. It's back. We had it for the first three episodes of the podcast, first two episodes of the podcast. Uh, took a little break. It's going to be a recurring thing. Don't want to uh, overexpose it. Do you want to hear my staggering statistic first, or do you want to go first? Uh, you go first. All right. So the, the leaderboard is that uh, you have two points. You got both of yours right. I only have one point. All right, Daniel. I don't know how to award you points on this. Um, we'll just go. James Harden is tied for second all-time in three-pointers made in game one of the second round. So if any player in NBA history in the second round of the playoffs, game one, he's second, tied for second all-time in three-pointers. He has 18. A, can you name the two players that are tied with him at 18? And B, can you name the player that ranks first all-time? Oh. And this is just game one. Game one of the second round. So I got two guesses right off the bat. I'm going to go Ray Allen and Reggie Miller. Okay, Ray Allen is one of the people that is tied with him. Uh, Reggie Miller is not. Oh, okay. All right. Um, hmm. 
trying to think of good three ball guys. Um, Jeff Hornacek? Incorrect. I'll give you three X's. You only got one more X, Daniel. I'll give you, you know what? I'll Dang. give you four X's because I'm just a nice guy. Oh, wow. Thanks. Um, hmm. Just because I want to see you. I want to see you succeed. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. Okay, I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll yeah. give you another hint. One of the people that are tied with him, the only other person that's tied with him is an active player. Interesting. Okay. Uh, the other is not. Incorrect. Wow. Clay Thompson. Okay, yes. Clay is tied at 18. Okay. So I don't know who's on top of him. It's the most random person ever, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, you screwed me on this one. I, it's not random. If you think of how many times... Okay, don't think of him necessarily being a prolific three-point shooter, even though he was a good three-point shooter, um, especially for his era, I guess you could say. Um, but think of about how often he was probably playing in a game one in the second round of the playoffs. This player, Daniel, has 218 career playoff games. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, I was right. Ooh. Will he get it? <sighs> Okay, can I get one more hint? <laughs> I'll give you a hint, but you only get. For the Lakers. I'll give you Has a hint. For the he did not play for the Lakers. Okay. This is not Kobe. All right. Brown. Here is my guess. All right. I'm gonna go with JJ Redick. That is incorrect, Daniel. Dang. Who's I think on top of him? Manu Ginobili. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh well, yeah, he played. Yeah. With 20 career three-pointers in game one of the second round. I'm surprised that Curry's not on that list because he's played in so many second round game ones. Yeah, I'd have to – I'll look again. I'll pull it back up and let you know like where Curry's at and everything while you read off your staggering statistic. Okay. So you ready for it? Oh, yeah. All right. So I ran the numbers. Um. On each team that's still in the playoffs and their average point differential per game. Still in the playoffs, average point differential. This Got is it. gonna be this is an easier one, okay? Because there's only eight teams to choose from. Okay. I want you to tell me the top three in the NBA right now. In the NBA playoffs, out of the eight teams, in average point differential per game. So, so average winning margin. The top three current teams still in the playoffs, average winning margin. Yes. And this is also taking into account like the second round games that have already been played, correct? Yes. Okay. And you get two X's because you only have eight options. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes. That's obvious because they blew out the Blazers. Um, I'm trying to think. So the Raptors blew out, and I'm not even going to Google the scores of the games because I'd be cheating. The Raptors blew out the Nets a lot, but then they also lost... They're down 0-2 against the Celtics, but those games were kind of close. So I kind of feel like all their blowouts would counteract that. And they're also 4-2, and two, so it's not like they've lost a lot of games. I'm going to go to the Toronto Raptors. Yep. Yeah, I'm so good. Okay, and then you have the Bucks. <laughs> I heard the, that. <laughs> the Bucks were like spread legends. In series one, because their games just kept coming within like a point of the spread every single game. So I know they were winning by like 10, 11 each game against the Magic, but they also lost. So let's say they just won by an average of 12. So they'd be up 48, but they also lost. I don't know how much they lost by. I don't remember. 
let's just say it was like 10, 38. And then they also lost twice to the Heat, once by three, once by like 10 or something. So it's probably not them. They're probably only at like 25. And it's average point differential per win or just overall point differential? Per game. Per game. So 25 divided by they've played more games. Um, so it's only like plus four. The Miami Heat. No. What? Oh. Oh. Oh, the Boston Celtics. Yep. There's number three. Give me yep. that point. So the reason I'm giving you this one, see, so now we are tied at 2-2. The reason I'm giving you this one is the only team in the Western Conference that's in the top five, okay, in this, this, in this statistic is the Los Angeles Lakers. It goes Lakers, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Bucks, Clippers, Rockets, Nuggets. Okay. An average point differential. So to me, I mean, the Lakers are number one. That means the Lakers, they got an easier road to the finals than I initially thought. Or they're just better than people are giving them credit for. Yeah. Yeah. What I found crazy, though, the Nuggets, their average game, they lose by three points. They're in the negatives. (laughs) They got blown out by the Jazz. I was like, what? That's funny. Yep. Okay. um... Yeah, take your point. I'm trying to see. Ooh, can you tell me who has the most three-pointers in one game of game one? Uh, is it J.R. Smith? It's Chris Paul when he was on the Clippers. He made eight in 2014 oh, against OKC. I know J.R. Smith set some record for most threes in, in a something um, a couple of years back with yeah. uh, the Cavs. But, yeah, interesting. Chris Paul. Huh? So going back to my list. Game one of the second round of the playoffs, most three-pointers made. we got Manu, 20, Ray Allen, James Harden, Clay Thompson at 18. At 17, we have three guys tied. We have Danny Green, so he's going to move up the leaderboard. Um, he's going to surpass, I would assume, both Clay Thompson and Ray Allen. All he's going to do is make two. Um, James Harden's going to stay ahead of him. So James Harden's probably going to lead this list after game one. I think he'll make more than two three-pointers. Um, so Danny Green, 17. Kyle Korver, 17. Reggie Miller, 17. And then we go down to 15, which is a whole bunch of guys here. We have Trevor Ariza, Sam Cassell, LeBron James, Joe Johnson. That's a weird one. Um, Trevor Ariza, 15 threes in only five games. That's impressive. LeBron's got 15 and 13. Um, wow. JJ Reddick's got 15. And then we go to 14. Mm-hmm. And this is where we see Steph Curry make the list. 14, we have Chauncey Billups, Kobe Bryant, Jay Crowder, Stephen Curry, Steve Nash, Chris Paul. And then round out the top 20, I'll just give you uh, Robert Horry, Jason Kidd, Paul Pierce, and J.R. Smith. So yeah, those are names I guess I'd expect. Those are the all-time game one uh, three-point leaders. I want to touch on this just real quick before we do our NBA playoff roundup. It kind of relates. Um, I wrote an article about this. If you're a reader over at Lake Show Life, you hopefully have seen this. I don't understand why the Lakers are getting criticized so much by the pundits still. Um, and it's not all of them, but I've seen, you know, like there's the Skip Baylesses of the world, you know, it's his job. I, I get that. But there's like some articles still going up about how the Lakers, you know, we shouldn't be impressed with their first round series win against the Blazers. And it's a total shift. We see it all the time with big market teams, whether it's the Lakers, the Dodgers, the Yankees, you know, it seems people love to hate um, going to the series. You know, the Blazers were this unstoppable eighth seed and the Lakers were screwed. And now that the Lakers won. The Blazers weren't that good. And uh, Damian Lillard got hurt. Yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. 
I don't understand though why they're getting the most criticism when they're the only so the three title contending teams, like the three top tier teams, were all season have been the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks. The Lakers are the only team that really hasn't shown any question marks in the playoffs. Yeah. As a collective unit. Yeah, they dropped game one, but they responded to that by, you know, blowing the Blazers out two out of the next four. So, you know, and two of those blowouts were with Dane. Granted, he did get hurt in one of them, but they were already, you know, in blowout territory when he got hurt. Um, The Clippers, yeah, they got through the Mavericks. It took them six games. And again, if Kristaps doesn't get ejected and hurt and Luka doesn't get hurt, you know, who knows how long that series goes. And even in their wins, like... The Clippers series was almost Kawhi Leonard and everyone else. You know, Kawhi's great. I will never discount Kawhi Leonard. He's fantastic. But I didn't really love what their supporting cast was offering. Um, whereas the Lakers supporting cast, guys like Alex Caruso, KCP even stepped up. You know, Kyle Kuzma looked good. Um, the Bucks, obviously, you know, we're going to talk about that right now. They get through Series 1 against the Magic. The Magic were the worst team in the playoffs. I mean the Nets, but Magic were the second worst team in the playoffs. Um, got through them. And then have dropped two games in a row to the Miami Heat. So, which the Heat are a good team, but still, you know, they're the Bucks are supposed to be this unstoppable title team. You know, they shouldn't be dropping two games to the Heat. I mean, the Celtics and the Lakers are really the only two like top tier teams. If Celtics would be four, in my opinion, that haven't shown a lot of question marks, and I just don't understand why the Lakers are still getting hate on. So, yeah, I don't get it either. I mean, their number one. Uh... You know, guy against them always seems to be Skip Bayless because he hates LeBron James. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really see in the making. I said it last podcast. Really see this Lakers Celtics uh, finals yeah. really coming together here. I yeah, like the, the fact Celtics. That the Celtics too. are up two zero on the Raptors, and the fact that the Bucks are down two zero to the Heat. Really think it looks like the most likely scenario as long as the Lakers can get past the Clippers. Yeah, and I like, you know, and I'll admit, you know, going to our NBA roundup, like, the Heat, I kind of overlooked them. I, I said they were a solid team, but I thought they were like a year away team. They were the, and maybe they are, you know, the series isn't over. Maybe they're the Golden State Warriors of, what would it be, 2014, where they're just a year away, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought the Bucks would get through that. I've always liked the Celtics. I didn't think the Celtics would necessarily win a series against the Bucks. I did think the Celtics were the team the best equipped to beat the Bucks, I do think a Celtics yeah. Heat series probably goes in the Celtics favor, but I don't know. The Heat wouldn't that be like such a weird oddball uh just finals team. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. But yeah, the Bucks are down 0-2. Like, you know, I, I'm in the mindset where I'll believe it when I see it. Like, I will not count the Bucks out until they lose that series just because Giannis is so good. But the playbook's out on how to stop Giannis. You know, the Raptors did it last year. Um the Celtics, I believe, did it the year before that. And granted, Giannis is getting better as a player. The supporting cast is, you know, getting better and whatnot. But the playbook's out, man, and the Heat look good. Celtics getting past the Raptors, all the Kawhi Leonard truthers that the Raptors don't need Kawhi Leonard, and they're arguing against that. You know, they're looking – they're happy right now. Um, and we got Clippers-Nuggets tonight, which I think the Clippers take care of the Nuggets. I don't think the Nuggets are a very good basketball team, but they're good, but not on the Clippers level. Not so Clippers good, yeah. Yeah. What do you see – how far do you see that Clippers-Nuggets series going? So, I'm not a Nuggets expert. I will say that. Um, obviously, I know enough. I, I just maybe five. Maybe Jamal Murray has one big game. Jokic has a big game, and he goes five. Um, I don't see it going farther than that, honestly. Yeah, 
I'm calling a sweep in that one personally. I just don't see Jamal Murray putting up 40, 50 a night. Yeah. <laughs> it just, uh, yeah. He's playing out of his mind to the point where you hit a little bit of regression, you're not beating the Clippers. Like, you barely got past the Jazz. There's no way you're beating the Clippers in a, in a seven-game series. Not even close. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, they even had that stretch against the Jazz where they went, like, seven minutes without scoring. They barely held on. 80-78 to 78 game. Um, what a weird game. <laughs> it honestly is going to take Jokic, I think, having a huge series and kind of abusing maybe uh, Avika Zubac down low. But... Mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Clippers get through easily. I think the Lakers get through easily. I still think the Bucks are going to pull it out just because, like like I said, I'll believe it. I'll believe that they lost when they're officially like out of the bubble and back home. Um, and then uh, the Celtics yeah. are going to take care of business. And honestly, I'm liking the Celtics more and more to be the final team. So. Yeah, me too. Even if the Bucks do get past, I think the Celtics are might take it. I know you've been riding the Celtics for a while. Yeah. I was riding the Raptors. Uh, before this series, but you know what the Celtics just in, in the few minutes that I've watched of that series so far, it just appears that the Celtics are just like a far superior team. Yeah. Um, I think they're better than the Bucks now after seeing this. Um, but the Bucks definitely have that chance. You know, they're all season long. They were one of the best teams in the NBA. Yeah. Um, so you can't really discount them when you have the best player in the league on your team. You really can't be discounted. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. Playoff basketball. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Uh, the Lakers game mm-hmm. one is going to be, I believe, tomorrow night? Uh, Thursday night? Yep. No, today's Thursday. Oh, no. Friday night. Friday night. Friday night, 6 well, p.m. Friday. Yeah. I, my days are all out of whack. When you work from home for six months, days of the week don't matter anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so tomorrow, Friday, 6 p.m. Expect us to be back on Saturday for a recap of game one, preview of game two. In the meantime... Go Lakers. Yeah. I, I